It's all the best to me Oh, and everyone else around me Could only see the worst to me Who know that song? Because that's one of my favorites, I think. Let me see. It's Best to Me by Marvin Sapp. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Grace Podcast. I'm so glad to be coming in with you today, tonight, whenever you listen to it. Today's episode is going to be about things that keep us from developing a relationship with God or sustaining a relationship with God. So, in the beginning of your spiritual journey, usually at some point you have been exposed to some type of church. It don't matter what type of church, if it's in a church, synagogue, um, any type of worship house, right? And that right there, at least to me, especially even like different cultures there's different cultures all around the world and they still have some type of worship house they still have some type of uh religion or tradition that they use to honor the spiritual side of life this to me makes it very clear that there is a higher power this is very clear because if it were not then how come people from all places, people with all different kinds of beliefs, they all believe that there is a supreme divine being and that there are even other supreme divine beings. That's actually clarified in the Bible. But, you know, it just goes to show that there's something going on around us, things that we don't see. Now, after that part, you know, you start to do a lot of soul searching, um, you kind of start to change your ways a little bit, right? So like if you was drinking and partying, you kind of start to slow down because it don't really feel the same. It's like, because now that you've activated your spiritual eyes, things don't really feel the same, you know? Or once you've got, like once you've hung out around somebody who is filled with the light of God, like is, is different. It almost makes you look at yourself different. Like, like I'm wrong, I'm bad, you know? Like you kind of would judge yourself. But what's really happening is at that point you have been touched by the Holy Spirit, just by that person's presence. And what that does is it makes you take a look at yourself, right? It makes you really want to see yourself for exactly who you are and you know there are a lot of people who they look at you know Christianity um with understandable disdain I get it like I get how Christianity has you know really turned a lot of God's people away very similar to how God's people were turned away from the Most High Himself, right? Like, a lot of times in the scriptures, it had been mentioned that the Hebrew people, they kept slipping. It's like, like they couldn't do it. They could not, at least the flesh, the flesh could not sustain 
the commandments. They could not sustain the rules. And it was to a point where they was making a sacrifice like every other day. Every time that you sinned, you had to atone for it with a sacrifice, right? So these people is killing sheep and goats every day. And, and spilling it at the house of the Lord for the Lord's presence to be upon them again. But after a while, I was like, okay, wait. For whatever reason, y'all just can't do it. I, I, and, 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 and I just, I can't. I have to turn my face against y'all. Maybe this punishment will work. I don't know, right? And then the, the Hebrews get shipped off into slavery several times, which goes to show you who's the real Hebrew people, because even the Bible says, I will send you to a land you do not know, and they will pretty much whip you, beat you, treat you inhumanely. They'll, they'll, you know, rape and pillage your women. Like that only happened to one people, one people in particular. But I'm not going there today. And when you hear about all this, this stuff goes down within like the first few chapters of the Bible. And it's crazy because the first few chapters of the Bible are also, to me, some of the hardest chapters because they're very lengthy, they're very wordy, the characters change constantly, and it's almost kind of hard to keep up, right? And that becomes a barrier. You see, when I'm reading the Bible, what I like to do is I like to take my time. So for example, when I first read the Bible front to back, I took my time. It took a very long time, but I took my time and I made it my business to do so because I wanted to know, right? And there's resources. So if you have, you know, a smartphone, you could download the Bible app, pull up that same verse that you're trying to read or that same chapter that you're trying to read and change the translation. Because at the end of the day, technically the Bible, the King James Version is not the real translation either. Right? Like if we're just being real about the Bible, that's not the real translation either. Right? The Bible technically is written in Aramaic, Greek, and other forms of dead languages. So, <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about, oh, like if I'm, am I reading the right thing or is it saying the right thing? Like, it's okay. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. As soon as you accept Jesus Christ or Yeshua as your Lord and Savior, you welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide you as you're reading because the Holy Spirit can help you, you know, place yourself within the within the story, within the Bible, within the characters, right? Think about, let's start off with the very beginning, Adam and Eve. The most important part of the entire chapter the entire genesis where adam and eve were introduced and you know working in the garden the most important part at least to me is when god asked them what did they do right and both of them both of them started blaming each other fighting you know like like there was no accountability and that says a lot, like right there, that says a lot. It does not say Adam and Eve did not take accountability. But when you read it with your spiritual eyes, when you read it with the Holy Spirit, it shows you very clearly 
there was a lack of accountability. There was a lack of boldness to say, you know, I I did this or and and I did that by my choice, right? Like, yes, I was quote unquote tempted. However, I made that decision. There was no accountability and. God is a respecter of men who can take accountability, who can take ownership and and dignity within themselves and their actions. Why? Because if we are created in his image and time and time again, people ask God in the Bible, like, why you did that? Or why did you make that happen? Or why did we have to go through that? God will answer very clearly. God doesn't say, oh, well, I, you know, it wasn't my fault. It was your, like, no, God is like, yeah, I did that because of X, Y, and Z. God is trying to show us that we need to be men and women of our word. And because they, they felt ashamed now, right? They felt ashamed that they dishonored God, that they, they now know too much. They feel like they on God level but did not did not you know stand up like god does they gotta squirt it out of there you know because it's like now they know shame now they know what fighting and anger is they didn't know that stuff before they were innocent blameless but now they're not because they disobeyed so that's another big huge caveat in the very beginning of scripture is learning about disobedience right and it, I'm, I'm getting somewhere trust me disobedience is one of the worst ways to treat God it's the worst like if God tells you to do something or not to do something and you do it anyway or you know you don't do it anyway you become almost the enemy of God because God's will must be done think about it think about Jonah right Jonah was a prophet who did not want to be a prophet he even tried to run away and what did God do God made God made a whale swallow him up and bring him to where he said to bring him and he went and told him while he was in the whale exactly why he needed him to do what he needed him to do right like we can we can try to stay out of God's will you know just like I said out of just disobedience out of carelessness recklessness immaturity but at the end of the day, God's will will be done, which is why I love I love this part, which is why the story begins with the Garden of Eden, right? The Bible begins with the Garden of Eden and the Bible ends with the Garden of Eden because God's will will be done. Those are the main two reasons why people don't build a relationship with God or have a hard time staying in relationship with God. Why? Accountability. A lot of us have had traumatic childhoods, right? And it is true that a lot of that stress, pressure, trauma, drama that we were exposed to, conflict, a lot of it was not ours, right? And we had to take ownership of it in order to survive. 
And when we ask, you know, our parents or our caregivers, like, you know, you know, why, why did that happen or whatever, they also don't like to take ownership either. So what, what's happening there for that child is there's no accountability because the parent never comes around full circle and actually says, I'm sorry. Yes, I did this and that, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, right? Now, this is important. Accountability is important. And this is why when Christ came now, Christ is teaching people to take accountability with the, with the entire, um, with the entire, you know, uncovering of your sins, you know, tell, tell people what you've done wrong, you know, you know, confess your sins, you know, be honest, right? God is literally trying to teach people like, no, you have to be accountable. And that can be very heavy because a lot of us have grown accustomed to blaming others for why we do what we do or why we don't do, you know, what we do or what we uh, don't want to do. Right. And that right there can keep us so far from God, because if you can't admit your faults, if you can't admit your wrongs, if you can't admit your mistakes, then unfortunately you kind of taking on characteristics arrogant characteristics like the enemy and you become god's enemy very dangerous territory you have to grow accustomed especially on this spiritual journey to being humble humble and meekness it's all about lowering your pride. It's not about being nothing and being quiet. No, it's about lowering your pride. Lowering your temper. It's about closing your mouth and opening your ears. That's why you have two ears and one mouth. That means more hearing to understand less listening, less speaking to respond, right? Because a lot of us, again, as soon as we feel, you know, as soon as we feel wronged, we shoot out accusations. And nine times out of 10, let's be real, we shoot out these accusations because we've been accused, because we've been persecuted, because we've been blamed. So we were taught to perpetuate these things on each other, to blame each other, to want to hurt each other, because that's what we've been taught. When in all actuality, there's 10 times out of 10, every situation can be solved with a conversation. Every pain can be solved with a conversation. And whether that is with yourself, whether that is with the other person, whether that's with a group of people, right? It just needs to come out of the secret place. And you give the other person, you give yourself the chance to be accountable. Once you can be accountable, the rest of the journey, believe it or not, is fairly easy. Why? Because the rest of the journey is all about your relations and relationships with other people. 
because we are God's children. So as a child of God, you are supposed to move like a child of God. You're supposed to act like a child of God, speak like a child of God, think like a child of God, problem solve like a child of God. And it's not to say that we're not human. We're very, very human. And your, your old self dies off very, very slowly, right? In the spirit, your old self had, had died off completely which is why you go through a lot of spiritual warfare once you, you know, are reborn again and you become a brand new person in Christ. But it takes a little while for the flesh to catch up. However, learning to be accountable for your wrongdoings, the more and more that each person can be accountable for their wrongdoings, the more and more we become like God, how God intended us to be. The whole purpose of Christ coming here and telling us how to fix our relationships. Think about it. They're all about accountability. When Christ says, you know, if you even look at another woman, if you're a married man and you even looking at another woman with lust, that right there alone is adultery. That's accountability. That's telling that man that you need to be accountable for how you behave in public, for how you sexualize women, knowing that you are a committed man. Scripture says that you should you should confess your sin to your brother before you, you come to the altar for God. <laughs> That's accountability. Right? And accountability plays a major part, like I said, in your spiritual growth because it just sets you free. Like, I'm gonna be real, I had always been a very blunt person to some people's liking, to some people's hate, whatever. However, I always had no problem kind of speaking my mind and saying how I feel, especially the more and more that I find courage and strength in God because then I know my moral compass is on a thousand <laughs> so if I have to confront you or say something it's because I feel like it's the right thing to do because I may be forgiving I may be understanding but somebody out on the street may not be that forgiving some stranger may not be that understanding right so I really just be trying to look out for people when I put them on about themselves because at the end of the day, I put myself on. I'm very accountable. If I did something wrong, I can say, oh yeah, my fault. I did X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> or yeah, I made a mistake. Um, I had messed up. Can you help me? Right? Like being accountable also teaches you humility. Because sometimes you have, like I said, you have to admit your wrongs, which is not perfect. Who doesn't want to look perfect? We all want to look so perfect. But none of us want to right our wrongs because if you're perfect, you don't make wrongs. No. We make wrongs every day. We make wrong decisions every day. And it is up to us to continue to grow in spirit and in maturity to take ownership of our actions ownership of our words 
so that we can watch. Right? That's why scripture talks a lot about being sober. Because a lot of this stuff is in the mind. If you're not sober-minded, it's very easy for you to get drunk and go off on a tangent or get high and, you know, just say something crazy. And then it's like, you can't take those things back. You can't take back hurtful words. I'm the type of person where words, people's words and actions towards me can replay in my mind over and over and over and over and over. Like, I don't know why I'm like that. And it is with the grace of God and the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, where I can finally have let those things go. But it was like that for a very long time. And I guess because people never took accountability for what they did. It just moved on with life and then acted like I was the problem. But it actually just doesn't matter now. Now, the next thing is disobedience. Disobedience is huge. Why? Because I used to be very disobedient to God. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. And I'm not disobedient, ironically, in ways that you think. It would just be just me falling into my same set of sins over and over again. And then I would have to repent and ask for forgiveness and it becomes this perpetual cycle because I didn't understand the importance of being obedient to God. So for example, if I'm on a train, right? And this homeless person with, with their family walks on the train and you know, I'm like, I'm all dressed up, I'm going out. And all of a sudden I hear the Holy Spirit say, give that, give that father a hundred dollars. I'm like, hmm? How? This the, I only brought 120. The Holy Spirit is like, give that father a hundred dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, I bet. I took it out gave it and when I say the look in the person's eyes was like yo what thinking 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 I'm like no thank God thank God thank God no 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 thank God thank God right and I hate I hate like I feel like I'm exposing myself because I hate like telling people what the type of stuff that I do but I want to encourage more and more people, like, don't be afraid. Like, when God tell you to do something, do it. Because I ended up getting blessed, like, times 10, the week, a week or two later, right? Like, if God is asking you to make a sacrifice, God is trying to see, like, if you're really riding with him, if you're really riding for him. If God tell you to help somebody, you help that person. Because you never know how long that person was praying for a miracle, praying for somebody to help anybody. This could have been a person who never believed in God, fell on bad times, had no choice but to try to see if God could hear him out a little bit. And then all of a sudden, boom, God answered his prayer. You never know why and when God is using you. <clears throat> so always be ready, willing, and able to 
jump to the need of others, right? And it's not it's not usually others that you know. No. That's and that's the funny thing. It's it's usually a lot of strangers, widows, you know, children in need, mothers in need, families in need. Right? Like that's how I know. Like when I get when I get rich, when I get rich, when I get wealthy, I'm gonna be the type to like bless people with like houses and, and cars and whatever just because this this from this from God. This from God. God heard your prayers. Don't no 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 thank yeah yeah yes thank me yeah 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 okay thank you but praise God God told me to do this right like actually I'm lying <laughs> Somehow, I would try to do it where they don't even know it's me. Because that's really how I move. I move very, very much so in private. I bless people in private a lot. Like, that's just such a good feeling. Because, like I said, it's the obedience of God. I trust God. So God is telling me to make a sacrifice. I'm going to make it. So, for example, when things started getting really bad at my apartment... God was like, all right, well, I hear you praying for a way out. I'm going to make a way, but it's going to be a sacrifice. And you may be very uncomfortable, you know, when you leave here, but I need you to get out of here. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, what about work? And what about school? And what about, you know, this and that? And God's like, listen, I'm telling you that you need to get out of here. I will make it uncomfortable for you to be here until you get out of here. And I'm like, oh, Lord, fine. I said, all right, God, I'll get out of here, but I'll, I need you to make a way. If you make a way, then I'm going to know definitely that it's you and that I need, you know, and that it's time for me to go. And God indeed made a way. Right? So being obedient to God is super important because like I said, God's will is going to be done regardless. Regardless. And all you have to do is just kind of like go with the flow. Go with the flow of the plan. The moment that you start to hold on to things or you're too afraid to to make a change or you're too afraid to let's let's talk about that let's talk about sacrifice for a minute in genesis god tells abraham to sacrifice his son isaac right because that was something that the other people was doing at that time a lot of the other people who he was living in um in the village that he was living in they had, you know, become obsessed with this god, Baal. And they were all sacrificing their children, you know, to get favor from this god, which God hated that. But he just wanted to see, like, if Abraham was really as down as Abraham said he was. Because Abraham wanted a child with his wife. Um, you know, and God indeed blessed them with that child. 
and then I told him to sacrifice the child. So Abraham is like, no, like that's mad crazy. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Like, nah, like what? And then Abraham is like, I bet, fine. If it, if this is your will, you know, tearily, let it be done. And as soon as he goes to take his, you know, to go and sacrifice his son, God goes, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> like, no, 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 chill, chill. <laughs> right? I just wanted to see if you was down. I just wanted to see if you could really hear me. I just wanted to see if I tell you to go left, will you go left? And that right there proved Abraham's loyalty to the Most High and forever and ever the covenant between God and Abraham was kept sacred because of Abraham's loyalty and devotion and commitment to the Most High. Right? That's how Yahweh moved in the entire Old Testament seeing if people were obedient even think about Queen Esther. Queen Esther had went undercover as a Persian, pretty much, a, a Persian princess. But she was really Hebrew. And the Persians, the, the Hebrews were slaves to, of the Persians. Right? And she passed all this time. She was made queen of everything. And then when it was time for her to defend her people, protect them from slaughter that and genocide that was going to happen to them, she was being tested by God. Now, again, it doesn't say that, but when you read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, you could see God all through that chapter. It was like her own, her own self dialogue in regard to this situation but it was really god inspired because she was about to save his people but again it's about obedience she could have said nah i'm you know i'm 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 good i'm safe i don't i don't want to ruin what i got going here um you know i'm i'm scared what if he put me out like nah of course she was scared at first but in the end, she obeyed herself. And this is why they say that God lives within you. God is within you. And a lot of the time when we are going back and forth with ourselves about situations and people, most of the time we're really going back and forth with the God within us, our higher self. Our higher self is always telling us to take the high road, to do what's right, to do the right thing. And our flesh self is always like, given these excuses, given these reasons as to why taking the high road would be wrong or would lead us into fear. Um, you know, like we'll get in trouble or we'll be seen as bad or nobody will want to deal with us or whatever if we do what's right. And that's true. And that's why when Christ comes, Christ says, well, listen, they hated me because I did the right thing. People don't like the right thing. The right thing sometimes can be very uncomfortable and people are accustomed to doing the wrong thing. So when you come, you feel me, on this righteous vibe, 
they can hate you because now you're forcing them to look at themselves. You're forcing them to examine themselves. And that can be very uncomfortable for people who have gotten, you know, gotten along with life, not looking at themselves. Right? So Christ is like, yo, if they hated me, <laughs> they're going to hate you because now you are my vibe. You high vibing now. You can't sit around liars and whoremongers and, and people who like conflict and people who rage and people who get drunk and people who, you know, get high to the, to the sky on random substances. People who commit, you know, homosexuality, adultery. After a while, you just really can't be around it anymore. And it's not that there's anything wrong with them, like that they're bad people, but it's you. It's because you are rising higher and higher and just seeing the world as God intended. And that's the part where a lot of people feel like, oh, well, God, you know, well, then God wouldn't like me or then God don't want me because, you know, I'm an addict or I have mental illness or I'm gay or whatever it is. And it's like, no, actually, that's that's kind of the people that God be choosing. <laughs> you know, like God chooses people who have a story. God chooses people who have a significant journey. God never calls anybody that's perfect. I never seen it. He wants to show the authenticity of the journey by calling people who were not perfect, people who strive to be better, but they're not better yet. As Christ said, it is not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. Why did you why do you think that Christ never hung around the other priests and scribes and Pharisees? No. They weren't authentic. But the people who was getting drunk, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they was real. Cause they going through some real ish. But those are also the same ones who can confess. Like all the people who I met in my life that I love a lot, like like extraordinary amounts of love, is extremely honest people just about themselves. Like, yeah, I did this, I did that, mm-hmm, yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's like, people will see them as like ratchet or ghetto, but I love it. I love that brutal honesty because that shows that you're ready. You're ready for God to take you higher. You're ready for God to elevate you. Right? Like, that's beautiful. That's amazing to be that honest with yourself because that means that you're honest with God. Again, there are so many reasons why people make excuses as to why they can't be followers of God or true Christians walking the path of righteousness because they're too afraid to let go of their old life. They're too afraid to let go of their they drinking and partying because all their other friends drink and party. But let's be real, are, are, any, are any of these people happy? Are any of these people genuinely happy? Because I'm not going to lie. Like, I used to be 
drinking and partying, but I always had the heart, like the heart of a child. So I always was kind of really happy just because of who I was, was on the inside. But a lot of the people who I know that, you know, drink and smoke and party, they're not really happy. They only get like these temporary boosts of happiness through these experiences where everybody either has to be drunk or having sex or it's like temporary happiness that doesn't last very long. And I had to say to myself, well, then y'all really not happy. So then why, why do we do that? Like, why do we participate in these behaviors for short-term happiness instead of trying something that can give us long-term, everlasting happiness and fulfillment? Like, I'm the type of person that things have to make sense for me. If they don't make sense, I have to remove myself because I can't. And it just didn't make sense to continue to live a lifestyle that was not bringing me long-term fruitfulness that I was looking for. So yes, a couple of sacrifices had to be made. I had to get rid of my little black book. I had to no longer go out and, and drink my drink drink a night on the town. You know, no longer being frivolous with myself, with my body. No longer harboring anger and, and, and pain against others. Like, it was a lot. It's a lot. It's not easy. But it's so rewarding to genuinely just vibe no matter what. Like, a lot of people look at me and look at my situation. They be like, I don't know how you survive. I survive off the grace of God. Because God gave me peace when I was in wilderness. When I was in chaos, God gave me peace. That's why. That's how. That's the big secret. Sacrifice. Obedience. Accountability. It's not that hard to develop a true relationship with God. But you got to be real. You have to be authentic. You have to be honest. You have to be mature. You got to be mature. But just like scripture says, a lot of people is still, they're, they're babes in the spirit. They need spiritual milk. They need the encouraging words. They need, you know, the, the Psalms. They need, you know, prayer warriors and people to help guide them. And, and, and inspiration on a daily basis. They need that. But when you become more solid, you know, when you're ready to handle more solid foods, all of these characteristics, these fruits of the spirit, they come along with the growth, with the journey. You'll get them, but you gotta start somewhere. There is never any excuse as to why you can't come back to God. There's no amount of sin except for blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that you can't go back to God. You can't always go back to God. God is always waiting to hear from us on a daily basis. 
right? Like, I'll even show you. Like, as soon as you wake up in the morning, before you even touch your phone, thank God for the day. Something that simple. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for waking me up. Giving me, a, you know, your breath and my lungs to breathe. Thank you. But, you know, bless the day. I hope I, have a, I hope I have a blessed day today. Then you get up and touch your phone and go brush your teeth and do your errands and stuff. Don't your lunch. Listen to, like, one worship song and just worship God for, like, three, four minutes. On your way home, you could have in your AirPods and low-key low talk to yourself, <laughs> but you're talking to God. Talk to God about your day. Talk to God about that coworker that's getting on your nerve. Talk to God about the relationship at home. Talk, talk to God out loud. Use your headphones. People are not going to know. Trust me, I do it all the time. <laughs> not TMI. You know, right before you go to sleep, say your prayers. This is how you, you build up daily communication with God. This is how. Continuously make ways for him to communicate with you. Continue to open doors for God to communicate with you. You don't need, you know, sage, evil eyes, crystals, and, and I'm, I'm not demonizing them. That's one thing that I'm not doing. I'm not demonizing thing, other spirituality things. No, I don't, I don't really believe all that. But you don't need them. It's not a necessity. Because the power and love of Jesus Christ is that strong. You don't need anything except your belief your faith and your trust that's it some people say oh but I started drinking again I, 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 I got on my knees I repented I said God I ain't never gonna drink again and then you know I, I drank okay God knew that God knew that was gonna happen try again remember like Aaliyah said like if at first you don't succeed Dust yourself off and try again. <laughs> That's it. Just try again. And if you fail, try again. It's a journey. It doesn't have to look linear. It doesn't have to be a straight path. The road to God is straight and narrow. But the journey, your journey, may not be. Your journey may go up, down, up, down, up, down, down, up, around and around. And that's okay. You're trying. It's okay. But you got to start somewhere. You can't just say, oh, well, I, you know, I did X, Y, and Z, so I guess that's it. I guess it's a clip for me and God. It's never clip for you and God. That doesn't make sense. God is waiting to hear from so many of his children all around the world. Old, young, woman, man, child, everybody. And I'm telling you, what you get in return 
from your relationship with God, chef's kiss, like life-changing freedom, internal freedom. When you're able to truly cast your worries and fears aside, when you can give them to Jesus, like when you can give them to Yeshua, it's so freeing. It's so freeing, bro. It brings you tears to your eyes because you never knew how much junk you was carrying around. How much spiritual junk was over your head. Weighing you down. Making you unable to be that person, you know, that you really see yourself striving to be. It's spiritual junk. Past relationships, your childhood, you know, sexual abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all of these different things, even after you quit, they become spiritual baggage. If you have not forgiven yourself and, and let it go, you have to let it go. Forgive yourself and let it go. But in order to forgive yourself, you have to take accountability. And all you have to do after that is just keep obeying God. God tell you go right, you go right. It don't make sense to you at the time. Trust me. It don't make sense to me most of the time either. And then later on, I'm like, oh, I see what you was doing. Uh, yo, you mad ill. Like, how come you ain't tell me? Because we don't need to know all the time. We just need to want to be a part of God's plan. And Jeremiah 29, 11 clearly says, I have a plan for you to prosper you and not to harm you. So obviously God's plan for us will never go against us. It's always going to be for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? What can be against us? Nothing. So be strong on your walk and know that there is nothing that you've done. That can keep you away from God. Those emotions of shame, guilt, and fear, those are not emotions that God gave you to feel. Those are emotions from your lower self that have been casted down from generation to from generation to generation, from lifetime to lifetime, that keeps us away from our Creator. Shake those off. You shouldn't have guilt. If you've confessed your sins and you've tried your best to make wrongs right, you shouldn't have no guilt. What guilt? If you've confessed your truth and you've really changed your ways and you're not the same person, what shame? There's no past that anybody could throw in your face. You've already said it. You've already admitted it. You've already exposed it. There is no shame. If you're ready to, to do something different that has never been done in all of your generations since the beginning of time, and you trust God, then what fear? There is no fear. There's just love because you know God got your back. So... I love y'all and I just pray that each and every one of you continue to find and seek God because God is God is real. 
God is powerful. Yeshua is powerful. Yahweh is powerful. And there is so much freedom in walking a righteous walk. So I love you all. And until next time.